to the second season of Pop Culture Elevator. You might get off on the wrong floor, but it'll still be the right one. I'm Danny. And I'm Mark. We're going to follow the rabbit down some deeper holes, and we might just make it to Wonderland. That sounds like the adventure we're looking for. We will deep dive into some newer films, but also take a look at some of our older favorites. No movie is too big or too small for us to handle. And hey, we'll even have some time to talk about film news and our favorite celebrities. That's why we're the host of Pop Culture Elevator. Now let's, let's get, get this show on the road. And passengers, we'd love for you to message us. So if you'd like to, you can reach us at a few different places. Our email is popcultureelevator at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is PCE Podcast. Instagram is at popcultureelevator. Facebook is facebook.com slash popcultureelevator. When Mark and I talk about pop culture, we have a hard time censoring ourselves. So there are spoilers. Some of these spoilers are many years old and some only a few days old. We just want you to know what you're getting into. So if you haven't seen the movie we were talking about, you might want to pause this and watch said film. This is your spoiler warning. Welcome back to Pop Culture Elevator, episode 11 of season two. I thought about it for a second. I saw both the one and the one, and I was like, episode ele- two? Two of season two? <laughs> no, Roman it's the, numeral. It's the 11, not the Roman numeral, yeah. <laughs> We're <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, where we are learning about numbers today. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, ah, ah, ah. The number three. Um, yeah, passengers, we're here and we're talking about uh, the new HBO Max, uh, I guess, film that would come out to HBO Max slash also comes out to theaters at the same time. We're doing The Little Things. The film so nice they released it twice. <laughs> you know, it's the it's the second film they've done uh, this way because Wonder Woman eighty four is technically the first film that they did this way. Yeah. Um. But but Wonder Woman eighty four was done. I think we knew it was coming out before we knew they were doing this whole uh, model of of movies coming out all in twenty twenty one, all on HBO Max mm-hmm. from anyone anything that Warner Brothers was going to. Uh, to produce and it, it, you know it's again it caused a little friction but uh you know we'll we'll count this as the first real big test run of it all and i think uh for for a film that could have been released in theaters uh, honestly okay i liked it but i also think that uh i, I liked it being on the small screen yeah, I completely agree. I think it's a win-win. I, I the thing is, is right now this this whole situation that we're in right now, it, it may change our lives, you know, indefinitely. But this particular situation and the height of everything, uh, it's temporary. And so in the future, people will be able to have the choice. And then I think that the higher ups of uh, who's who of movie apps and production and whatnot we'll see that this is just another niche of customers that they've been missing out this whole time on of people who would rather not go sit in a crowded room of strangers and maybe germaphobic now those people can join in on the release and be a part of the most up-to-date pop culture because they were able to do it at home or who knows maybe they just really have a really hectic work schedule right 
yeah, now they can do that. And right now it's, it's a, it's a crutch for us in this crazy time that we're in, but in the future, I think it's just going to be more revenue for them. Yeah. And I need this. I mean, I'm, for I'm being honest, I'm not going to the theater. I'm not going to concerts. Uh, yeah. You know, I've, I've been stuck going, I go to work. I sometimes brave a restaurant sometimes mm-hmm. uh, very little but sometimes i do it yeah uh and then um just because i need to get out you know and ordering from a restaurant out it's not like fast food where you can get home and it still is the same it's like you get home with a restaurant quality meal and it's it's maybe soggy or it doesn't do well in a box but um oh i order it i order specifically depending on if i want to sit inside (laughs) or i want to take it home like i know that's gonna make it home and be okay right Uh, but i've been all over the uber eats Oh yeah, I, well. Oh, they've been feeding me like crazy. <laughs> oh, I see I'm it, buddy. So I see it. That stock market. I'm. That's all me. The stock is just going up and up. Just kidding. You know, but it's funny how all of this is working, right? So we go out rarely to these places, and I know there's still people who are braving movie theaters. I understand there's people who are doing it, and they don't see a problem in it because right now the movie theaters. Uh, you know, you see someone on Instagram say, "Oh, I just saw this movie in the theater," and they show a picture. There's no one in the theater. And thank no. God, as long as there's social right. distancing, great. Lucky you. Right. And then these theaters are also showing later showings too. So they're not having to pay their employees to come in at 11 a.m. or 10 a.m. to show a movie. Then they're playing all their movies starting at like four o'clock or three o'clock or whatever. But um, regardless, they're, they're keeping a good, for the people who do go to the theaters, I know that the theaters are doing a good job of the social distancing I'm still not comfortable sitting in a room with Joe Schmo, two seats yeah. over, who may or may not be positive. Now, um, maybe four seats over, but maybe five seats over. I, five seats over, and like you know, you couples can sit five seats apart. I think I would totally do that. Right? Um, yeah, but, but yeah, but even then, I'd still be like ah. Because what I know is that, you know, they're saying like, oh, stay six feet, uh, six feet away from people. But what I know is that respiratory droplets, like from a cough or a sneeze, they actually travel uh, like up to eight to, ten, eight to 12 feet, I think. And I think sometimes even further right. uh, in some tests. And so I'm just like, <laughs> six feet's not enough, guys. <laughs> the, six, the six feet rule is mostly, well, it's, it's sad. I think we have it because... Uh, people would be like, no way I'm sitting 10 feet away from that person. I don't know. Everyone's trying to think of something realistic, but I'm six, I'm six foot two. If I lay on the ground between two people, I still don't think that's far enough, but I agree. um, I'm a teacher. I kind of have to uh, with with students, but I try to be as safe as possible with the masks and all that. And and luckily, um, you know, we've, we've had a few weird here and there's, but uh, I've stayed relatively healthy this whole time. So I think the slippery slope that we've gotten into, like with the six foot and the distancing and thing and whatnot, and and a couple of the other regulations that have kind of, you know, been implemented and then changed is that uh, people are starting to think that that's the science, you know, like, oh, you can be six feet away from each other, or you can only uh, come, you can come back to work after only 10 days. And really, it's only been set that way. So people will adhere to it. 
uh, more often than well, not. Your, your Bible and my Bible are different, right? It's well, that, yeah, it's that sure. making your it's making your own. You know what I mean? I'm not saying well, like well, our no, actual the CDC Bibles are just wanted more you know people I mean? to follow the rules a little bit. Yes. So they're like, hey, if we shorten these standards down or cut them down, they'll people will be more likely to obey them. Stuff but, that's easy but to the, the thing is, is they're still within a danger zone, if you will, right? Uh, because the the science would actually say that we should be way more strict. Uh, but then what the CDC has actually told us to do, but I'm just, you know, I'm just glad that, that people are taking uh, more and more action uh, these days to be safe and to do Just acknowledge that the virus is even real. Well, we want want this to end. We want this to end. That's the big thing. And the way we end this quickly is just by getting into this cause together so we can take our darn masks off a little sooner. Yeah. I'm so ready for it. But, um, you know, again, it's, for us, for us people listening, for the pop culture elevator passengers, uh, we're we're waiting for movie theaters to open back up because we yes. want to get back in there, or not open back up, but at least be safer to go to, so we can go see our movies on the big screen. Um, like I would have loved to have seen Wonder Woman eighty four on the big screen. I would love to go see Godzilla on the big screen. Um, uh, and if uh, people who are doing private rentals, if you could lower your minimum down to two people, that would be great. Because well, I can't sign up for a rental because at some places because it says like a twenty person minimum. Really, like uh, if you go to the the studio place on I think um, it's Draft House actually, um, but yeah, I could have been Draft using House the website. Might, Draft House might have a, a minimum, but I know that um, I know that Keller Movie Eatery, so the movie eatery places. Yeah, exactly. There, it's ninety nine dollars uh, for as many people or as few people as you want. Whoa. Um. So. But that's that's a hundred bucks that you're gonna pay to go see a movie by yourself with either by yeah, yourself or with but your... that makes the Fast and the Furious for your birthday a little bit more possible and we <laughs> possibly cost you know yeah well I mean if I'm gonna the only well, I, you wish, they, I wish they threw food in you know what I mean I wish oh, like oh they can't because of well no you can still have food you just oh, they don't throw it in with the price you just oh nah, no no because I I assume they expect you to at least bring like ten. Five or ten people, maybe. Maybe. Unless you just have stupid, crazy. I have crazy some friends who did uh, who rented out for their just their family. It was just the See, five I of would them. Totally they, do that. They watched Wonder Woman eighty four on the on the big mm-hmm. screen. Uh, yeah. it's still cool. Yeah, but let's let's it's get great. back to us. So really okay. quick, before we get into anything, uh, Mark, will you give us uh, our sponsors of this uh, episode in this season? Today's episode is brought to you by Precise Public Adjusting. Give them a call at 817-992-5040 and tell them Pop Culture Elevator sent you. All right. Awesome. You should call them. They are great. Um, yes. So let's get into it. The little things. HBO Max new movie. It uh, stars um, Denzel Washington of The Equalizer, Training Day, Man on Fire, Remember the Titans, Fallen, Malcolm X, the list goes on and on. On, oh, yes. Uh, he plays Joe Deke Deacon, who is this uh, ex-LA cop who is in a podunk town and uh, he's told to go pick up these boots at the at the LA, in LA, and uh, he gets roped into a murder mystery that might have something to do with uh, a previous case of his. Right. Uh, he is partnered up, not partnered up, not the guy takes him on. So detective yeah. uh, detective Jim Baxter, played by the amazing Rami Malek. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Robot, Bohemian Rhapsody, upcoming Ray Mercury. Yeah, upcoming No Time to Die. Fantastic actor. He is. Uh, Wasn't he in uh, 
Night at the Museum as well. Yeah, he was the uh, he was Vera, the, like the King Vera. Ted. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And you know, I didn't uh, realize that until uh, he posted something about it the other day, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" It was a young <sighs> Rami Malek. Like I, I didn't even realize it. Yeah. Um, but he he's a cop who basically took Joe Deacon's place. Uh, he's a young um, hotshot that came like out of school, as opposed to right. Uh, but they told him he had like a really long-standing career and made his way to that point. Yeah, when well, they told him that he's taking the place, he's taking Joe's spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or he did take it. He didn't know before until he was told. And then mm-hmm. um, they're they're trying to find a murderer who uh, are a serial killer who uh, they both very wholeheartedly believe is Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. Um, Albert Sparma is his name. Jared Leto being of the band 30 Seconds to Mars. He's the beautiful boy that they destroy in Fight Club. Yep. He's in Blade Runner 2049. He's in Lord of War, Panic Room, The Amazing Requiem for a Dream, and he was Jordan Castellano in My So-Called Life. That's right. And uh, I guess, did you say Joker? I didn't say Joker. It's so divisive. People are always like, it's uh, we're, we're going to talk about him later in the news. But Okay, uh, cool. But yeah, yeah, he's doing that. I mean, and on top of that, it's probably one of his weaker performances. So uh, I love him to death. But yeah, that's the only thing. I think uh, I, I think I we're going to get some redemption. I think we're going to say weakest performance from Jared Leto on that one. Right. But that's that. That's, you know, saying something, I guess, because he's, a fantastic he's amazing. Yeah, exactly. I had this argument on my Facebook page, not argument, but I had this thing. Uh, another person was like, uh, was like, oh, man, I, I don't I didn't like Jared Leto's Joker. And I said, yeah, well, he was given crap to work with. You know, yes. if you're given crap to work with, it's really hard to make yeah. crap gold. Exactly. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, alchemy. You and- know, you figure it out. <laughs> And and I said I see I see that there's parts where Jared Leto could probably take this Joker and make it awesome. He needs to have time to grow that, and he needs to have a better uh, a better part to work with. She was like, "No, Jared Leto is just a bad actor. One note doesn't." Oh uh, no! And I was like, "I don't think so," because look at Jared Leto when he played in Dallas Buyers Club, it won him an Oscar. Or uh, in American Psycho, yeah, as or, Paul Allen. Well, not. Uh, not a huge part there, but he was great in that part. No, but also, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, sorry, it's another movie we get. I won't talk about it. But yeah, I mean, it was, uh, but yeah, it was a very small part. But even then, he can morph into another person. And yes. I have, while we're talking about that, he's wearing like a prosthetic nose. And I feel like he's wearing prosthetic uh, brow ridges as well. In this movie? And yes, because his his eyes are sunken in and you can totally tell with the nose. I think a lot, uh, I mean, but Jared Leto's also very much a, uh, a, a method actor that yeah. he, he loses himself in these roles and becomes that person. You and, can tell. And someone asked Denzel Washington, he was like, hey, so uh, what did Jared Leto do on set? And he goes, Denzel, I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even... He, yeah, he didn't even let it. He was like, I didn't notice anything. Like, whatever. We didn't have time for that. We shot really fast, uh, <laughs> which is really funny. So, like, good thing, I guess, that... that Jared I Leto's guess that's like, why they didn't dye his hair in this movie is because he's just too old for this shit. Oh, my gosh. And speaking of that, like, Denzel just... I was watching this, and the, he comes on screen, and he, I was like, Denzel's old. And then my, my wife goes, Denzel sounds old. Yeah. He acts old too. He's, He's 62, I think I read. 62, I think, is how old Denzel is right now. Um, uh-huh. 
he's in his sixties. Let's just say that. Cause I'm not sure on the exact age, but uh, you know, I, he, yeah, he acts old. He's kind of like the, 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 the um, Murtaugh character, you know, it, it, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. And, and yeah, but he's great. He's fantastic in this role. Just uh, kills it. Now I did see someone argue that, um, that, why would you make the great Denzel Washington play the old curmudgeoned uh, man who's tired? I'm like, no, because he killed it. Because he can bring it. Because he can, yes, because he can bring it. It's like saying, yeah. well, why would you, you know, I don't know. I put Kobe in the, in the game, you know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know? Let because Denzel he's do, awesome. Let Denzel do something. He doesn't always have to be the equalizer. <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he yeah. doesn't always have to be the train, the training day cop. Like, he's he and he doesn't... was a little bit of, of a curmudgeon in uh, in the Book of Eli, right? Like, it. it and I love that movie. Exactly, and it does. Denzel can do whatever he wants to do. Let Denzel do it. Don't complain about the fact that he chose the old man role. That's like saying, yeah. uh, why did uh, why did all the people from? Do you remember that movie? Um, old old uh, Road Hogs. Old hogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like it Tim Allen and all that? Yeah, it's like, which is a hysterical movie. I find that hysterical to this day. It's a really funny <laughs> movie, but it's like they didn't. That's not typically their movie, and they did it, and it worked really well. I know yeah. that's probably stupid, and everyone's like, "That movie's so dumb. Why would you bring that up?" No, I, I think it's funny. Uh, yeah, but also Denzel, I think he's the kind of guy that does it for the art. He does it for the role, yeah. just to play something. Maybe not completely new but new to him you know right. uh, but also i feel like he was able to bring out a whole lot of uh you know what i what i like to call his swiss army knife uh of skills uh from past movies well and i think the good okay so the thing about this movie that everyone i think talks about is the fact that it doesn't feel like a new movie right it, exactly it, that it, is a complaint of mine it feels one, it feels like a 90s movie. Like, it feels like I could have rented this in the 90s. Yep. And it would have gone uh, right along with Seven, you know? Which is why, kind of why I liked it, but it's also a complaint. Because it made me feel like, I was like, yeah, this is how movies were made, you know? And this yeah. is how they should be made. But, yeah, now, but I'm also like, oh, it's not really pushing the envelope, right? No, and it never pushes the envelope. But what it does do great is because it feels like a Frankenstein of all these old 90s films that are yeah. like cop films, serial killer films. Uh, mm-hmm. What it did do was leave you kind of guessing in a mm-hmm. good way. Yeah. I, was, uh, I had multiple theories going through it, and I didn't I – solidified my, I solidified my theory – uh, and we'll talk about this later, but I solidified a theory and I told Fonny while we were watching it. And at the end, she was like, are there any movies that surprise you anymore? I was like, yeah, I there know. Are. Yeah, I there know are some, but yeah, it's like, I do this to Danielle all the time. She hates it. She <laughs> <laughs> she's, well, she's impressed sometimes, but she's also just like, shut up. You ruined the movie. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about let's talk about more detail of the movie. Well, so, okay, but this really oh. did feel like it made like right away it caught me like the Bone Collector, which yes. also mm-hmm. started again, uh, and so uh, I was very enthralled right away. Uh, okay, the mystery I've been after watching these murder documentaries and <laughs> uh, like I just watched the. Uh, 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 Richard Ramirez one, and before that I watched a few others, and uh, you know, so I, I, you know, I was really like, you know, you get a little paranoid and whatnot after you watch that or a scary movie, you know, so I was on a little bit pins and needles, well, especially the mysteries. looking at 
Jared Leto when he comes on screen. The mystery is so good that the first hour of the movie being as slow and set up as it is, the first hour of the movie does such a good job of stringing you along with what happens that you don't even care that it's slower than normal. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Fonny's not a big fan of slow. And so watching this, she was like, uh, this is slow. And I'm kind of like, I'm on that edge of like, maybe I want to turn my brain off and not think, Mm -hmm. but I'm so interested in this, this story that uh, I'm going to watch this. And so the first hour of the movie is literally like, you don't meet Jared Leto at all. Right. Uh, You don't meet him until maybe like 50 minutes in. Right. uh, Which is a lot of character building of uh, Denzel's character. Biggest complaint of the movie is I think it could have been about 20 minutes shorter. Sure. Sure. Uh, They could have cut about 20 minutes and I still would have gotten the same movie. Um, but they, they did do a really good job because the whole movie is really a character study about Denzel and, and yeah, uh, well, I guess about all three of them, really, they do a really good job of building them up. Uh, maybe Jared Leto has the weakest of buildup and it's not his fault. It's just the script. Uh, well, didn't again, allow for again that. we're going to get back into this thing about where they don't develop the villain enough, but in this case, it's delivered so well and it's not that you that it's enough. Well, and it's funny because He's he's the villain, but he's not a villain. And it's interesting how they do it. And so I called this probably about the time that they finally arrest him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I said, I said, funny, I got a theory. I paused the movie and I I told her my theory. And again, we'll get into it later. And she she was like, stop it. <laughs> um, <laughs> not really stop it, but she was just like, "Okay, all right, we'll see what happens." She was, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're placing your bets. Uh, maybe you're, good. maybe you're right about this, and I'm thinking maybe you might be right about this. And I'm okay. So, um, we get the whole character build up. You find out who uh, who Deacon is, or Deke, as they call him through the whole movie. Um, you find out who uh, Rami Malek's character, Baxter, Detective Baxter, is. Uh, you get the kind of like. His family life, his home life is not great. He has a strained relationship with his, uh, with his family, with his, with his wife and his kids, really. Well, he puts the job first. Yeah. The, oh, and, it, and it's murdering. It's like it's murdering him. Like it's, and he brings it home. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, uh, the, oh, his partner is, um, is played by Chris Bauer, who's <laughs> Detective Sal Rizzoli. And the minute he came on the screen, funny, and I broke like, <laughs> Vampire Bill. Vampire Bill. <laughs> he was he was the sheriff in uh, in True Blood, <clears throat> and uh, and another person that popped up that I thought was like okay they didn't use her enough, but Natalie Morales as Detective Jamie Estrada she popped up the screen and I was like oh that's uh, she's from Parks and Recreation yeah yeah <laughs> uh, they didn't use her uh, near enough in this movie but um, she did a good job for what she had and of course same thing with uh, Chris Bauer. Detective Sal Rizzoli. Um, good job with what he had. And uh, and I say that in the way of like, he did a good job, not of what, like he was used very well. Um, directed by John Lee Hancock, uh, this movie was. And uh, I when I looked him up on IMDb, I was like, oh, this dude wrote The Founder. I, or directed The Founder. I freaking love The Founder. Directed The Founder? You did. Did you ever watch that? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> the founder is that movie with uh, with with Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, yeah, Michael Keaton plays uh, the guy who stole McDonald's from the McDonald's brothers. Oh, okay. 
I, I remember the uh, trailers and whatnot. Yeah, I say stole. He tricked them out of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, stole it fair and square. Yeah, kind of in a, in a very skeezy way. Very good movie. He, they, he also did Saving Mr. Banks, uh, which is the movie about the musical uh, Mary Poppins, the original Mary Poppins, how they wrote the music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then um, he wrote The Blind Side. Yeah, that was a very uh, really good movie. Uh, uh, another thing, the guy, the guy that was complaining about Denzel doing this movie, he was like, "Why would you put Denzel in a movie with the guy who wrote The Blind Side?" I was like, "What, what, what hate do you what? have? Yeah, what seriously, kind of, like hate in this world do you have right now?" Um, but yeah, it's, very. I think, I, but I think John Lee Hancock did a really good job crafting this story, this murder yeah. mystery, and keeping you on your toes. I think the only thing keeping him from making this movie truly great is, a, is, uh, well, what they did with Jared Leto. I would have liked for it to have not been the case. Um, maybe. I think that was a, a really cool uh, way to to end everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing is, and I agree with you because I felt like this movie was illustrating the what is called like the theater of security, and what basically what that kind of boils down to. If you like watch an episode of uh, Adam Ruins Everything, is that yeah they do all these things to make you feel safe, but really some really shady stuff goes on via these mechanisms that keep you safe. And it was really I think a movie more so about highlighting that. Uh, and kind of corruption. And uh, that is why I felt like Jared Leto had to be the character that he was. Right. Well, okay. So let's, (laughs) let's go deeper into it. So there's not a lot to say. They do build up, you know, that Denzel had uh, a murder case that he never got quite over. We know that maybe some stuff happened before he left the fort. He had a heart attack. That's what got him to leave. But um, we know some stuff happened. We don't know, really know what yet, but the, he goes about this, he talks about this case he took where these uh, three women were kidnapped. He found two dead bodies on this rock. Um, there were bite marks, just like these new cases that popped up. Um, and so we know all this information of this stuff he had. And he goes and he tries to, he thinks that it might be the same serial killer and that the serial killer went on the road. We're going to see a lot of miles on his car and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. He, immediately, uh, he immediately grasped on to Jared Leto. Uh, to Albert Sparma's character. But then you find out the reason. And the reason is Albert Sparma loves these uh, murder mystery cases so much that he wants to be part of one. Yeah. So uh, he confessed to one uh, years ago, eight ten, years ago. Ten years previous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, there, and it turned out it wasn't true. He was nowhere near the crime scene, nowhere near this stuff. Um so this is where things get good is he goes into the house. He's like, give me five minutes in the house just to prove that this dude's the guy. And he finds some things that are kind of incriminating, but also Mm. like what gives it away is the, um, the police scanner in the house. You're like, this, all this dude does is think about crimes. Um, well, right. And, but the thing is, is that they know he's a crime fanatic and so he could just want to be, he could, anybody can buy one of those scanners sure. and just listen because they want to know. And, and also they, uh, he wants to go observe. So he doesn't want to interfere, but he wants to observe what's going on when all the lights are blinking and whatnot and the sirens are blaring and what, 
all that. So um, that, and on top of that, what they found in his floor vault, which really wasn't all that secure, it was just kind of tucked away. um, It looked like it was more fan stuff. It wasn't like they were trophies. It looked like it because there were like rabbit foots in there. Okay, so that was a rabbit foot, right? Like I was. I believe it was a rabbit. I saw it. I was like, "That's a rabbit's foot, right?" But Mm -hmm. but the ending got me to question it for a second. Again, Uh we'll get into that. Um, The ending made me question that for a second. I thought maybe it was a beret. Uh, Yeah, but we find out. Find out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it could have been, you know, in the beginning scene, uh, there's he takes the keys out of the car of yeah. the, per, the person he attempted to, so it could have been other car keys. They just happened to have rabbit feet on them. There were a lot of like throw stuff at you to make you think still that Jared Leto was the kill, like the girl who right. was in the beginning of the movie, the girl who was attacked, and she saw Jared Leto walk in with handcuffs, and it totally screws up everything for them because they could have put him in a lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but now it's all skewed because she saw him in handcuffs, so she already thinks he's a villain. Exactly. Um, which I thought was really cool that they added that in to make it more realistic in terms like that. Um, yeah, to eliminate bias. Yeah. And so, okay. <clears throat> so we got we know Jared Leto's stringing them along. I like when they finally get to the point where Jared Leto tells uh, Jim Baxter, he's like, all right, you want to know where this girl is? Where Rhoda, Rhoda was her name, or Rada, Rhonda. Uh, you want to know where she is? I'll take you to her. Get in the car. Yep. Uh, and they drive off. Also, before that, I do like the cat, the cat and mouse game he's playing when <laughs> uh, Denzel's following him the whole time. Yeah. And then they end up on that mile marker, and that mile marker is where they found the girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was this. Like he's he's playing game with them, trying to make them believe that he is the killer, but uh, or, or or he's willing to to act the role. He wants to feel like he's the one being chased without committing the crime. Right, and that and that, it was interesting to me because it gets we get towards the end. So they've staken out the place. They're trying to find him. He comes outside. Basically, Jim Baxter is there alone because Denzel went to go get some coffee, and and. Albert's like, okay, get in the car with me. I'll show you where the girl is. Uh, Deke sees them. Deke gets in the next car that they had and drives behind them without Jared Lowe, without Albert seeing them. <laughs> Albert takes him out to uh, this like hunting lease, right? It's like a hunting uh, essentially. Lease. It's just a yeah vacant property. He calls it. He would... says we go hunting out here. Oh, good. Yeah, then it's a lease. Yeah, yeah. and so. Uh, I like I like the whole uh, you see that um, Al, that Jim Baxter puts the lock back on, but like without it being so that that Joe Deacon can see. Yeah, but, although um, he misses it. Yeah, he, he has to come back, but at least he covered all his uh, the whole road and circles back. Well, and that's so this whole time you're thinking, okay, he's taking him. He's actually going to take him to see this killer. My head goes immediately to, oh, dude, yeah. what if he? What if he? Because Jared Leto, you know, Albert says, hey, here's a shovel. She's right there. X marks the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and my first thought was, what if it's the wife and he killed Jim Baxter's wife and he's digging up his wife's grave? Um, that's, that's not a bad take. My point, uh, my, my take on that was rather... Um, what if, I just thought he was making him dig aimlessly his own grave 
to get him tired enough so once like Jared Leto lunges at him, he'd be too tired to fight him off. And I thought that too for a second. I was like, is he making him dig his own grave? Mm-hmm. Um, but you- but then he says, oh, maybe not that spot. Maybe a little bit that way. And that's where you kind of realize he's, he's messing with him. He's messing with him. Yeah. He's and then he finally he's like, look, you want the truth? I've never killed anyone in my life. I've never committed a crime. Or whatever, you know, he says. And then uh, he just cranks the creepiness up to 11. Oh, but then he has to say the stuff he says. Or he's yes. like, oh, I know about you. You've got that wife and kids at home. Why would you want to, you know, like, oh, my gosh. And essentially making him feel like he's been stalked but I almost, and watched. And that's that's kind of where I thought, okay, okay, maybe he is going to, like, say, oh, I got your kids, you know, or I've got your wife. Uh-huh. Um, and then what? Raymond Malik, Detective Baxter, swings that shovel Bing! and just knocks him flat out. Well, no, yep. I mean just I mean, he kill, kills him. Kills him. But that <laughs> yeah. scene, Raymond Malik is a great actor. He is because that scene, you just see the look of like frustration to the look of pure horror, and he yeah he's kicking Jared, you know Albert's uh, Albert's dead body, saying, "Wake up." Get up. Yeah, get up. Yeah, I think she's faking like, in or whatever. And, and it, you know, there's no – and then I love it. I love how calm Deacon is because Deke pulls yes. up. And he gets out and he's like – he's like, uh, you know, Remax freaking out. This is our man. I swear he all but told me it's him. I know it's him. He's like, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if it was him or not. Yeah. It's like, what am I going to do? He's like, nothing. You're going to shut your mouth. You're going to dig his grave. Four you feet know, deep. Four feet, yeah, four feet deep. <laughs> and and you're gonna and, and you're gonna uh, wait for me here. I'll be back yeah. in a couple hours. <laughs> and and get, just, get rid of the car. Yeah, Deke goes, gets rid of the car, uh, packs up Albert Albert's place, the entire place, all of it, bagged uh, up in bags. Puts him in the back. Puts all the stuff in the back of his car, and and uh, goes back out to there. And Baxter has dug up so many uh, quote-unquote graves. Yeah. He's just trying to see if he really could have found anything. Uh, Yeah. Because he just wants any real reason to have, to justify his actions. And uh, that was interesting to me. And um, so he's he's like... Well, he was freaking him out so bad, you know, because he's like, hey, you know, kind of stay where I can see you. He'd still get behind him uh, and he would be digging and he's, you know, I'm thinking, Oh, he's just trying to get behind you to kill you. And on top of that, yeah, you dug your own grave. So he doesn't have to. And he keeps saying it was stuff about the family. And uh, essentially it seems like he's just creeping in. Like it it felt like that, you know, Mm. like that dream where you try to run away, but he's just getting closer and closer. And, uh, and you know, you could just, feel the tension building to the, to the moment that this is going to be his first kill. Yeah. That um, Baxter, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, is going to just, he's going to die right here. Yeah. And uh, so he, he wastes, Baxter wastes no time. And he just cold cocks him with that. Oh, trouble. it was, it was but, a, funny. Goes, why did he have to hit him so hard? <laughs> I don't think he meant to hit him that hard. Right. Well, he's, more, he's just, but I think he hit him in the right spot. Yeah. He hit him like in the temple and then just lights out. Well, so, so I just, I, but you know, you're just so conflicted. Like, well, he was about to kill you, but yeah. was he, or was, Maybe, he just trying, or was he just yeah. playing with you? 
and I like that whole thing that that made sense to me. That whole uh, scene was great, but the the scene of like them they have to they have to dig all the holes back or put all the holes dirt back and everything. Yeah, uh, and then they bury they bury Albert, or you don't see it, but you know they buried Albert, mm-hmm. and he leaves. He's basically like, don't talk about this. Right. Don't let it don't let it come out of your don't ever let his name come out of your lips. Don't, don't pull the do file. Anything. And he, he looks. He goes. Remember. It's the little things that get you caught. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I love it. He's like, why are you doing this for me? And then we get the flashback to where he accidentally shot one of the girls who was in the forest when they were finding the dead, the two dead bodies on the rock. You yep. find out that he had play in that and that the, the coroner lady from earlier in the movie that he had a relation, not a relationship with, but a friendship with, yep. she helped hide this, that uh, his, his, uh, uh uh, what do you call it? His partner helped hide this, which basically probably he couldn't, he couldn't handle it. I love the, the conversation he has with Baxter when they're by that rock. Cause they go check it out at one point. Uh-huh. Uh, I love that whole conversation. He's like, you're their guardian angel. Like you take on as the guardian angel and you have to find the killer because you know that that's going to set them free or that's going to help them in, in their, you know, get peace or whatever. And he's mm-hmm. like, stay out of the angel business. Yeah, no angels. No angels. And so that plays into the ending where uh, he burns all this crap. He's starting to burn all of uh, Albert's stuff at his house. He lives, Well, I say house. It's like a double wide trailer. <laughs> yeah. Um, with, his, with his old dog who disappears for three weeks <laughs> at a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, he's like, uh, oh, you see Baxter by his pool. He's distraught. He's staring off into space. Um, the kids are just staring at him like, what's, what's wrong with him? Well, the wife gets a package from, from Detective Sal, and he's like, hey, Deacon, Deke wanted the, him to have this. He opens up the package. It says no angels on a piece of paper. And then at the very bottom is a red, a red is it a beret? 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 Yeah, exactly. It, um, it seems like the exact one that was described by the runner who went missing. Exactly. Or her family described it. And and so you're like, oh my gosh, he was the killer. And then the next scene you see is uh, Deke throwing um, a pack of berets that he bought at like Target or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> onto the yeah. fire. And you're like, he sealed help- it, tied it all up at the bow. Nobody's going to ever look back at this thing. He's helping absolve. <laughs> Um, Baxter. He, he's helping absolve Baxter. And then you find out the FBI finally took over the case like they said they were going to. Uh-huh. And, uh, but now there's nothing. And the FBI's <laughs> like, we're starting from square one. Like, yep. we're not even looking at, at Albert uh, Sparma. We're, we're keeping it all. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Every actor effing killed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed their parts. Uh, Jared Leto played the creepy character he's supposed to play perfectly Rami Malek always different in everything he does go watch Mr. Robot Robot and you see him play this neurotic uh, kind of freaked out hacker who's seeing uh, his his dead father uh, in his head and uh-huh. uh, you know go watch um, go watch Bohemian Rhapsody and he totally is uh, Freddie Mercury. Mercury yeah um, you know, he plays different every time, which I love. Uh, and this one, he plays so perfectly uh, this cop who's warring with himself. 
And then, of course, Denzel kills it. Just absolutely, probably the best actor in the whole movie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And again, that's why they put him in this role yes. because he's the gra- he has the gravitas to pull you into that and to make you invest in technically the bad guy, if you think about it, uh, with such, uh, you get such an investment that you don't want the end to be true. Right, I I know. And then, okay, so did this, okay, tell me if this pisses you off, because this is, I guess this is my biggest complaint of the whole movie. Sure. I want to know who the damn serial killer is. (laughs) we're so invested in who the serial killer is and they end it on such a like ah, well uh, yeah so well there was a guy who at the beginning right uh and i guess who knows if he was gonna kill the girl in the beginning but he could was definitely gonna assault her right uh so uh and which could have led to her death uh but we don't know because that's not Jared Leto in the beginning. Right, and I but I just want to know who the killer is. Like it, but you know what? The but other the thing killer is, ends up being Denzel and uh, Baxter. Yes, exactly. The Deacon Baxter. The whole their story they're trying to tell is not who is a serial killer. That's not the story they're trying to tell. Right, but that's what you think it is, and that's why you're like, give me the answer. Exactly. <laughs> well, because and that's what I liked about the movie. <clears throat> it's what I hate and what I like is that it's so different. Um, in the in the terms of like that kind of ending, uh, but also it's so familiar, and the way that they Frankenstein'd everything just makes you keep guessing, and that was kind of nice. It's not right. like it's not like Knives Out where you're like, oh, is it this? No, it's Who this person. It? No, it's that person. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's a different kind of question mark. You're like kind of thinking like, oh, different types of things. I um. I recommend this to the viewers, especially if you have HBO Max. There's no reason not to watch this. Uh, you've got it for a month. It leaves on uh, March 3rd or something like that. So uh, it is definitely worth, or maybe it's February uh, 29th, 28th, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember when it leaves, but it leaves soon, or it leaves at the end of February-ish. So it's it's worth a watch. Go do it, especially since... Uh, if you have a 4K TV and you can stream 4K and have Dolby Atmos and all that, it's all in there and you can watch it like that. Because next month, I think, and we're going to be watching this one as well. Next month is um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm. Looks freaking amazing. Yeah. Uh, looks very good. But uh, that's the next one that will come out. And once that comes out, you won't be able to see little things until it comes out to... Uh, dvd blu-ray 4k whatever but yeah it's and, worth watching yeah and i agree it's totally worth watching i think that the uh that this was a weird time to release this movie because of the culture uh against police corruption and brutality right now hey, yeah and yeah. so i don't think that this movie will age very well which is again why it feels so 90s um but it's still a great watch. It's a I, great watch. The, the acting is amazing. Uh, I just think that if you have a sensitivity to uh, the police corruption or uh, police brutality, and that might ruin your day, maybe steer away from this movie. But if you're just willing to watch that 
movie, go for it. It is very good. I'm and really like Danny said, maybe not so much of a knives out who done it, but it's really good. I'm I'm actually really glad before we end this, I'm glad that you brought that up because it was something that I wanted to bring up in the in the main part and I totally just forgot. Is that uh-huh. yeah, it may not age well because of the police aspect of it. They're making yes. uh you make it uh, yeah, you know, you've they, they kind of absolved the police. It's just like, oh, that's exactly it. They what absolved. happens, and uh, the world keeps turning, and uh, that's uh, it's not cool. Yeah. It's, and I, and I think that may be a reason why this movie is important is because it blatantly puts it in your face of the how relationships in that field can lead to corruption. For you know, if you're in the, that immediate triad of people just Mm -hmm. trying to keep your friend out of trouble it can be a feel-good moment or whatever uh in that regard but then you apply it to the real world which this movie makes does a really good job of making you feel like the real world yeah and um and it's 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 sad and so that's why i made the comment earlier about how it's uh uh you know an allegory to this to the to the theater of security yeah so uh, so that's uh, so again. I think it's really well done, and it has its its layers, its utility uh, in our culture. But again, I, I agree it won't uh, that it won't age well because of what it highlights and how I believe we're finally tiptoeing into the era where police corruption and brutality are going to be met with like a zero tolerance. I agree. Uh, type of uh, demeanor, and I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. Well, that ends our review portion. Let's hear what our sponsors have to say. All right. Welcome back, passengers. We have B-Days and news, so let's get straight into it. February 7th is uh, the legendary comedian Chris Rock. Yes, seriously, classic. I've been watching Chris Rock forever, and oh, I'm just, I'm, I just want to wish him a happy birthday. You're awesome. He's he's fantastic and it, and I like his movies and uh, I, I he's enjoyable for sure. Oh, totally. I, I like him in. Um, I know this is so stupid, but I like the stupid growing. Uh, was a movie called uh, uh, Grown Ups? Yeah, uh, it's so stupid, but I love him in that. Oh man! Um, after Chris Rock, we have James Spader. Yes, James, Austin Legal, right? That's like his big thing. Yeah, and then uh, didn't he just do Black? Was he in Blacklisted? That was his big show that he was doing right now, or that just ended. Oh no, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good, uh, but I haven't. Uh, supposed to be again. These are one of these things that I don't and watch everything he does. But he's the voice of Ultron. He's Ultron, exactly. Yes, Ultron. Um, what about uh, God? He was. I'm just gonna make sure I'm saying this right. Yeah, he was Robert California in The Office right after uh, Mike Michael left the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the really creepy uh, boss, like, kind of, like, sexual and, oh, yeah. And, okay, so two awesome classics for me with him, Stargate. Oh, yeah. He's the main guy, uh, Dr. Daniel Jackson in Stargate. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, I love that. And, oh, my gosh, it's, it's escaping me. Uh, oh, so that, that space movie we loved, Supernova. Oh god. Uh, the one with the the one with it. the father from Twilight? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh jeez. But oh, and I have to mention Sex Lies and Videotapes. Videotape, uh-huh. fantastic movie of his. And then also 
like just looking here, I see a little a little thing that says uh, WandaVision Ultron. Shh, shh. I, he, done no spoilers. It's not a spoiler. I mean, just, <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, I doubt it. I mean, I bet he's just like a voice you hear in the background. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. exactly. You know, like maybe Wanda. Yeah. Uh, brings up an illusion of sorts. Well, of course we're gonna we're gonna hear something about P, uh, Pietro because they brought him up. But anyway, uh-huh. we'll keep going. Eddie Izzard up next. Yeah. Yeah, the hilarious Eddie Izzard. Did you hear that? Uh, so Eddie Izzard's kind of like uh, uh, fluid sexuality. Like he doesn't really claim male or female. He just kind of dresses whatever he wants. Uh, and right oh, now, dressing. Uh, uh, I thought you meant his preference. I think his preference is fluid as well. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, pan, pansexual maybe. I don't. I don't want to label him. I'm just gonna. With it. I'm just gonna say fluid, gender cool. fluid, maybe. Cool. Sex, sexual fluid. Anyway, he just announced that he's like, I'm gonna go into female mode, and I'm just gonna wear all female stuff right now. Uh, Very says, cool. No, I just thought that was kind of cool that he's just like, I don't care. Like someone asked him, why do you wear, uh, why do you wear women's dresses? And he goes, first off, I wear dresses. What you wouldn't say? Why do you wear male jeans? <laughs> uh, anyway, great, great idea. Uh, yeah, oh, totally. I mean, I love this guy. I've been watching him for a long time. Velvet Goldmine across the universe. Across uh, the universe. Yeah, exactly. And um, uh, there was something else. Uh, but you know, he's Mister Kite in, uh, in Across mm-hmm. the Universe, and I really loved that he's movie. Fantastic. Yeah, he's great in that role. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something else. Oh, he's he's one of the villains in Mystery Men. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's the like disco guy, one of the disco yeah. guys. Um, after Eddie Izzard, that's hard to. You can't do anything after Eddie Izzard. Uh, after Eddie Izzard is country legend Garth Brooks. Yes, I like. I... Go ahead. Uh, no, you go go. I was just gonna say I'm not a big country fan, but I do enjoy some Garth Brooks. Right. I would say that uh, Garth Brooks is like the last and, you know, the most modern country singer that I can listen to and tolerate. Uh And on top of that, how amazing was that when he played during the inauguration? Oh, yeah. I felt like it was the moment where everyone was just like, "Uh, Garth Brooks is playing at a Biden event <laughs> uh i think i might be on the wrong page here and everything started flipping people's opinions and affiliations uh yeah. so i gotta say thanks in part to garth brooks for all of the making us woke as it were and uh that's just awesome plus i love his skit uh i think it was an snl skit where him and uh will ferrell are together will ferrell's the devil and the devil's trying to get his soul uh because garth brooks a.k.a. Chris Gaines, is trying to write a love song, and that's how he comes up with his was new it, song. Uh, was, it was Chris Gaines, song. right? It was, it was him yeah. as Chris Gaines, right? When he no, did well, he did other stuff, but that skit was him as Garth Brooks. Okay. Uh, well, he's just a normal guy, but it's, it's just Garth Brooks. Well, I just say that. I say that because I remember when <laughs> the Chris Gaines stuff happened. Yes, and of he'd course. Go on, he'd go on news programs, and people would be like, all right, Chris Gaines, tell us about how you became Chris Gaines from Garth Brooks. And he'd be like what do you mean? I'm Chris Gaines. Like Garth Brooks is yeah. a totally different person than I am. Yeah. Like Chris yeah. Gaines, yeah. the rocker. He tried to Miley Cyrus. He was the, he did it before Miley Cyrus. He yeah. was the Hannah Montana before Miley exactly. Cyrus. Exactly. The male uh, Montana. There. You know what though? I, I didn't hate Chris Gaines. You know, I didn't hate him. 
I thought it was hilarious immediately. It was emo and Garth I'm Brooks. Glad that he ended it quickly. It was good yeah. for him. One a one. But it was awesome. A one album phase. Yeah, he could he could bring Gaines <laughs> back for another album. I'd have to listen to that. We'll, no, we'll no, 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 no. <laughs> No, I'm just being oh, that's funny. Um, after Garth Brooks, after Chris Gaines is uh, Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, this so, is a guy who's really toted. Uh, you know, he's walking a, a balance rope or you know the tightrope with me, like whether I like him or not. You know, but for the most part, I always like him. But I'm always like, eh, do I? And then I like him at the well, end. Well, like the ranch made me. I loved him as as Kelso in that '70s yes. show, but yeah. the ranch made me love him in a different way because exactly. he had a little bit more range than Kelso had. Like well, he's of still the, the idiot, idiot, but yeah. the emotional range he showed in that show was great. Uh, well, there was a, no attempt to grow in that '70s show, exactly, uh, except no. for maybe when he almost has a baby, but then he goes oh, right yeah, back to right. being yeah. him, and then. Uh, but in this one, he has to grow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like his character in that. Um, I, I can't say that I love any Ashton Kutcher movies. What? But the butterfly effect? I like the butterfly effect. I forgot about the butterfly effect. And dude, where's my car? <laughs> okay, you know what? Yeah, you're bringing up some good points here. Uh, my my brain was going to some other like low fare Ashton Kutcher, although I did love Pump. Yeah, yeah, exactly. His more recent stuff has kind of fallen off of like what I would like to watch. I was and thinking whatnot, like when but... he tried to do some romantic comedies, like exactly. remember he tried to do some romantic comedies for a while and it just wasn't. Exactly. He's not romantic comedy leading man. It's it's the curse of a former underwear model or whatever, you know, like <laughs> they're going to try and put him in those movies. Well, also, and then like his whole romance love life stuff where he married Demi Moore for a while mm-hmm. but like now he's yeah. married to uh, 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 Mila Kunis? Mila Kunis, thank you married to Mila Kunis I was, my mind just went to Mila Jovovich and I was like no it's not Jovovich yeah, that's, the, that's the first Mila we knew yeah Mila Kunis um, although they have a great commercial together for the Super Bowl it's uh, she's eating his Cheetos he's like did you eat my Cheetos? She's like caught red-handed. Like she has Cheeto dust everywhere. She's got the Cheetos. And she looks to the side and all of a sudden Shaggy's there, the singer. And he's like, just tell him it wasn't you. She's like, and then it turns into this whole like song about the Cheetos. And he's like, I even caught you in the shower. She's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. (laughs) Cute commercial. Cute commercial. Um, February 8th, Seth Green. Yes. Oh, my God. Gosh, for the first of a few power shorties we have on our list of birthdays today. Power shorties. <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, Seth Green is one of those actors who, like, he went from, like, party dude, like, kind of like the, the lovable, not idiot, because he wasn't an idiot. But, like, well, like the, in Airborne, he was a little bit of an idiot. Lovable nerd kind of character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and he, wasn't he the kid in Can't Hardly Wait who wanted to get laid really bad? It, in Can't Hardly, yes, yes, Kenny. Yeah, and he, he hears the girl, and he, like, does that flip over the couch. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that, that, I'm going to have sex with the first guy who yeah. looks at me, talks to me. <laughs> so he's yeah. just like, what? And he falls out of his chair and he's like, what's oh, up, baby? <laughs> he plays the, like, he plays the, like, uh, the what up, yo, that type of character. Yeah, the moniker uh, is no longer used today. I don't want to say it. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I had it in my mind, and I thought about it. I was like, I don't want to say it. Yeah. Um, But... He, who would have thought? Like we have Seth Green, we we had him in Can't Hardly Wait, 
we had him in Buffy. He was Oz. Yes, exactly. Airborne, uh, Airborne. was that skate movie way back in the day. Austin Powers, the Italian Austin Powers. job. And then all of a sudden he kind of like went into the producer role. And then we get uh-huh. like the funniest stuff from him is like, uh, yes. uh, um, what's his show called? Oh my gosh. It's all claymation. Uh, A Robot Chicken? Robot Chicken. Mm -hmm. Robot Chicken is so good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just just an amazing brain. That's what I'm talking about. The power shorties. Oh, my gosh, dude. Just so much awesomeness spills out of that dude. And I love him as Oz in Buffy. Oh, yeah, he's so good. the most centered character. And I love when Buffy reads his mind because she can all of a sudden for one episode because of a spell. And he's just philosophizing constantly in his head about the whole situation. I, I love that. And uh, he's a great character. He, he really is. I was sad when he left the show. The same. I, uh, but he's been in so many things. Like, I, I, I forgot he's in uh, Enemy of the State briefly. He's like one of the tech guys behind uh-huh. the scenes. Uh, he's obviously like Dr. Evil's uh, son. But I love that he's. Uh, He's kind of gone into this jaded sarcasm that is hilarious, but now everyone's trying to do it. Oh, he can't. No, you can't replicate him because, like, think about his role in Sex Drive. Exactly. He's like a computer. Computer. Yeah, just, yeah, he, he wants, he's like, he's got you. You know, he, you know, he's messing with you, but you want to be like, are you messing with me? He's not messing with me. He's, <laughs> Like, are you? I don't. I can't tell. Like, oh no, no. We we've got this. Don't don't worry about paying us. We just used a lot of our hard work and time to, <laughs> to do this. We just did this out of goodness of our hearts. But yeah, you know, we got a lot of stuff to do around here. But you know, we 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 decided to work on your car. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll never we'll, felt like saying thank you. <laughs> we'll come back to to come and help you. Okay, we'll be holding our breath. All right, guys, you ready to hold your breath? One, three. <gasps> <laughs> points to his watch better hurry yeah oh my, oh my gosh how could i can't leave this without saying idle hands oh exactly yeah i was i was gonna bring it up if you didn't i loved idle hands uh that's one of my favorite horror comedy movies not not absolute favorites but uh from back in the day uh that's like where um jessica alba like debuted for me and uh, it was just hilarious and Plus, everyone was raving about. Oh my gosh, I'm going blank on Casper's name. Devin Shawa. Devin Shawa. There we go. Sorry. Yeah. Th- thank you. That. Thank you for yeah. the. My tongue just let that flow out. So thank you, uh, Primal Brain. There. But yeah, exactly. He was just such a. Uh, that was such an awesome trio that they had in that movie of comedy. Oh, it's, uh, it's super gross too and hilarious. So oh, it's practical effects. We love him. Yes. Um, also, one more thing. He's Howard the Duck's voice in. Guardians oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, he's Howard the Duck in Guardians of the Galaxy two, and then they bring him back for the cartoon show Guardians of the Galaxy. That's uh, awesome. After Seth Green, we have the amazing and, and will always forever be legend John Williams mm-hmm. uh, made some of the most uh, ear earbugs ever uh, from <laughs> from soundtracks. I mean, from Duel of the Fates or all of Star Wars, basically, but Duel yeah. of the Fates being one of the most amazing Star Wars songs ever made to um, the Superman theme song. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's like you've got all these... And it, it, Jaws and pretty much every Spielberg thing he's ever done 
just in your ear and you, earworms. That's what I was trying to say. Earworms, stuff that gets in your ears and you can't get them out. Like once I hear the Superman song, it's stuck in there all day. I'm like dun 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 dun. Yeah, exactly. Iconic. Oh. Fantastic. What more can you say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then on to the crazy Nick Nolte. Yeah. Uh, the Incredible Hulk's dad, right? Uh, are we talking about <laughs> the Eric Bana? And the Eric Bana film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, gets, he gets trapped in the electricity and becomes like an electricity monster, I think. Well, he, he's able to absorb the properties of everything around him. So whatever he touches, he can become that. Eventually, he touches some electricity. Right, but um, more recently, uh, Nick Nolte was uh, Quill uh, in The Mandalorian. Uh, oh, I my God, spoken. Yeah, I spoken. Oh, I spoken. gosh, I knew I knew that voice. Uh, and, you know, wasn't he uh, in that uh, the sports movie uh, Hoosiers? He's like uh, the coach. Was, no, 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 no. In Hoosiers, it was... Uh, it, oh, no, no, I'm thinking Blue Chip. Lex Luthor. Uh, Gene Hackman was Hoosiers, wasn't it? You're right. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Um, I'm not very versed on sports movies, but I do know that one. Yeah. Uh, but Nick Dolte, you know, like 48 Hours um, was his big, another 48 Hours. Both those movies were big ones. Yeah, it was, it was Blue Chips, my bad. Blue yeah. Chips, oh yeah, Blue Chips with uh, Shaq. Yes, exactly. And I, I know, uh, I, I kind of like pay attention to Shaq and pop culture because uh, my uncles played him, and they have a really funny story of when they played him. And if if you've ever met me, uh, I'm a very short guy. I'm like just under five five, and uh, which is why I love to announce power shorties and represent all the little people everywhere. Uh, so, uh, but. Uh, they got to play him in basketball when he was running through San Antonio back in high school. So, uh, but essentially they like jumped on his back and it was hilarious. So, uh, it was, it was so fun. Anyways, that's why I follow Shaq and that's why I knew about blue chips. Cause my uncles essentially showed me those movies. And I was, I always used to get Nick Nolte confused with another actor who I can't. Uh, I feel like, uh, Busey might be. Busey. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I was thinking. Uh, I used to get him confused with Busey. Uh, wasn't Busey the one in uh, uh, Point Break? Exactly. Yes. So I used to think Nick Nolte was in Point Break. Who was the? That's who funny. Was, who was the crazy guy who uh, lived in the woods in uh, Black Sheep? Was that Busey as well? Uh, yeah. It was. It was Busey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, was, and, uh, yeah, so... Uh, so I was getting confused. Yeah, it is Gary Busey now that I'm, I'm looking at it. I used to get <laughs> Nick Dolte confused with Gary Busey all well, the time. It's funny you mentioned that. I can swear there's an Impractical Jokers episode, which I love, Impractical Jokers. I, I will drive my wife insane that's watching that and on end. And uh, there's this, there's one where, you know, they come in and the, one of the guys that's competing gets splashed in the face by a random person and they ask the customer, did I deserve that? Well, <laughs> they believe it's Busey comes in and he He's pissed that the uh, think it's Q. They called him uh, Nick Nolte. <laughs> Don't you ever call me that? And he splashes in and runs. Okay, out. yeah. So they kind of have a similar uh, demeanor, I guess, other than Nick Nolte being uh, bat crap crazy. Yeah, well, they're both they're both. Yeah, I guess. We, all, we all go a little mad sometimes. 
February 9th. We're moving on. February 9th, we have uh, another amazing actor, Tom Hiddleston, who is always going to be Loki. I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. Loki, amazing actor. Uh, honestly, I feel like he was the redeemable part, uh, the, well, one of the most redeemable portions of the Thor story. Oh, well, I mean, Loki was... If you're going to go with it, Loki's like the best character, uh, one of the best villains of all of the Marvel Universe. I can't wait for a yeah. television series. Exactly. I'm just bleh, super excited. on pins and needles there. Yeah. Also, my wife is like, I love looking at him, so I can't wait for Loki. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston was also fantastic in uh, Kong Skull Island. Yeah. He was really good in that. Yeah, he looked completely different, too. Well, great. It's fantastic. He's just a great actor. Well, just short hair and whatnot. Yeah. Now I just think Loki and... He's a great actor. Just a great actor, period. Um, after him, <laughs> Joe Pesci. Another power shorty right here. This guy, uh, you know, you watch Goodfellas and... Uh, the intro line is uh, ever since I can remember, I wanted to be a gangster. And uh, that, that was, this man did that for me. Joe Pesci made me want to grow up to be a gangster way back in the day. You know, the mafia type, not whatever they call gangster now. Gangsta, <laughs> with a hard R gangster, not gangsta. So, um, and uh, he was just so amazing. And he had so much power and rage in his character's, uh, back in the day, and I just loved it. His performances in Goodfellas, Casino. I mean, those are two of my favorite mob movies of all time. What are you, what are you, my clown? My clown yeah, for your entertainment? Get to amuse you? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, you gonna, you gonna let that kid get away with this? No, I like that kid. Pow! Bing! Bong! <laughs> oh my gosh. Also, Home Alone. One and two. Exactly. Yeah, how could you leave that out, right? This... That's a staple of our childhood right there. Right, exactly. And he's fantastic. The wet bandits, the sticky bandits. Yes. Oh, and my cousin Vinny. Vinny oh, my. oh. Yeah. Yeah. To, uh, to what? <laughs> I, I like a Joe Pesci a lot. Yes. Uh, we're going to move on. February 10th, we have Chloe Grace Moritz. Um, one of those actresses who I thought was going to – I don't know what I thought she was going to do, but I thought she was going to go uh, do a lot of bigger movies – uh-huh. Uh huh. She's stuck with a lot of indies, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. But Chloe Grace, Moore, Chloe Grace Moritz uh, gave us Hit Girl. Yes, from the movie Kick Ass. Right. Um, and also the really weird character who <laughs> has her first period in movie 43. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great actress, really is. Um, wasn't, oh. And oh. she's in The Equalizer as well with Denzel. She was a little girl in that, right? Uh, well, she was like, uh, she's like just barely 18, I think. And she's a, a prostitute who's trying to leave the game. Okay. Oh, I was thinking, you know what? I was thinking Man on Fire. I was thinking Man on Fire. Oh, that's Dakota Fanning. Yeah. Uh, very girl, yeah. Um, but then I can't not mention this. She was so good uh, in the remake of Let the Right One In, Let Me In. She was the vampire girl. Oh, I did not realize that was her. Yeah. She was um, so, so good in that. That movie is... I, I, I usually am not a huge fan of foreign movie remakes that come to America because they change it too much. Uh-huh. But I, I think Let Me In did such a good job. Yes. Such and a, she was also in Dark Shadows, which uh, nobody really talks about anymore. But I, I got a I, kick out of it back then. I love Dark Shadows. I don't care what anyone says. I really do like Dark Shadows. <laughs> I, I do re- very much enjoy that movie. And it's so stupid. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll move on. 
uh, Laura Dern. Yes. Laura Dern, who doesn't get enough credit. No, not at all. But, uh, of course, you know, she's, she's the doctor in, um, Jurassic Jurassic Park. Park. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's so good in Jurassic Park. All uh, all the movies she's in in Jurassic Park, uh, even three, which I think is meh. Uh, she was good in that. But um, Laura Dern, I, I always think of her as as her character from Jurassic Park. I, for my my brain is just not um, remembering Ellie, Doctor Ellie Sadler. Yeah. Um, but like all of a sudden, I see her in a totally different light because I watched Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. And um, then she was also in the new Twin Peaks revival, and she was so uh, visceral and and just this crazy uh, awesome character. And then of course uh, she Star popped, Wars top popped up in Star Wars is the Admiral Holdo, which I have a lot of issues with this. I think that she should have been the one who uh, stayed with the ship and boom, with the ship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that, I think that, ah, oh God, there's just so much I could have, I, I would have changed about those uh, Star Wars sequels. I agree. Uh, anyway, but she's, we love her. Yeah, she's a great actress. Another one where you just go down her list and you're like, she's not just Jurassic Park, uh, which I think a lot of people just see her as. Um, after Laura Dern, we have Emma Roberts, who screen three. Scream, uh, yeah, three. but also yeah. that movie, uh, wait, no, not three, five or four, excuse me, four. Was it four? Yes, four, four. Golly, yeah, they all the 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 sequels kind of blend for no, me. They don't. No, like <laughs> in, in my head right now, like because it's been uh, a few yeah. months. Well, yeah, she was in Scream Four as Joel Roberts, and you're then, right, four. Uh, she was in Nerve. Uh, that was an awesome game. Uh, I feel like it was kind of like the Purge. Like the Purge kind of brought on an era of a uh, certain type of feel, which led to like Guns Akimbo. But Nerve, uh, she played uh, as a character named V, and I just love that movie so much. I'm trying to remember, I didn't see Nerve, but I'm trying to remember why I wanted to see it, other than it kind of looked cool. Um, but I can't remember. Oh. Uh, the directors were. Yes. There was something about the directors that I liked. Ariel Shulman. I just realized that she was in in Blow, which is an amazing movie with Johnny Depp. Uh, Roberts was in Blow? She's the little girl. She's uh, uh, Christina Young. Oh, okay. The little girl that gets taken away, and I thought she couldn't live without your heart. Oh my gosh. So I, you know, I've been a huge fan of Emma Roberts for a long time. Uh, I'm starting off with that movie. For me, it was We're the Millers. That really made me like Emma Roberts. Ah, okay. Okay. That's when she kind of came out with more of a comedic uh, role, uh, but still kind of just a mean. Well, now she's kind of the scream queen. Like exactly. She's trying to be more scary movies, which is fine. Uh, I just really, I, 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 you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'd like to see from her. Let's just see what she well, does. Well, she does she an amazing going. queen beat, you know, uh, she, yeah. where she can command a crowd and they do her bidding despite whether or not they like her or not. She could do and, a, she could uh, be like the mean girls. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But with scary people. Yes. <laughs> um, let, let's go. Uh, 
after Emma Roberts is Elizabeth Banks. So this is so funny. I love Elizabeth Banks. Yes. But when I when I put her <laughs> name down, I was like, why do I know this name? Why do I know this name? What? Dude, 40 year old virgin. Right. But it took so me many minutes comedies. To, for some reason I was not it was not clicking with me who this was. But uh Effie Trinket and the Hunger Games. Um, well, that was like when I, you know, you pull up her IMDb and those are the ones that pop up. And I'm like, those are the movies that she's most well known for? Well, Hunger Games is like, uh, was huge, right? Like, it's not it's like, true. but like, also, I'm like looking at Love and Mercy. I was like, I didn't think Love and Mercy did very well in the theaters. Why is that the thing they're putting up there? I don't even know about that movie. Uh, actually. It, it's, a, it, it's John Cusack and he plays one of the members of, uh, of, the, of the Beach Boys. Uh, okay. Anyway, um, Brightburn. This is Zach and Miri. Oh, yeah, Brightburn. She's fantastic Dude. in Brightburn. Yes, yeah, she really does a good job in Brightburn. Like, I was very frustrated with her character. Oh, oh man, <laughs> I love that. And all the Pitch Perfect movies, I would put the Pitch Perfect movies over uh, Hunger Games on that top list. Um, but I loved her. Yeah. I loved, I loved, 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 I will say it a million times, loved her as Rita Repulsa in the Power Rangers. Hey, yes. Yeah, she did a really good job kind of just bringing that to life in a, you know, realistic way. Right, and her being the original Green Ranger was such a cool twist. Did did they do the, ah, after 10,000 years, I'm free. No. That's the only thing I missed from that movie. They did something like it, but not anything (laughs) huge. Yeah. Um, Wet Hot American Summer. She was fantastic in that, both uh, series. Um, But what did you, you said something a minute ago that I think we kind of, gazed over zach and mary dude. zach and the mary make a porno yes oh my gosh i love zach and mary make a porno oh of course it's such a funny movie oh my gosh she was betty brant in spider-man 3 yes yeah 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 oh that's really funny i don't remember that very well of course <laughs> our our introduction to her would have been something like 40 year old virgin or exactly uh, that's what i was like yeah how did that not click with you because that's the one i remember you know obviously she's so uh uh I don't know what the word is, but she was so forward in uh, her role with uh, Steve Carell, where she's in the bathtub, and that's that's slightly unforgettable. <laughs> she's not the she's she's not the French toast girl, is she? No, no, French, no, no. French no. toast is uh, I can't think of her name right now, but she's the the director's wife. Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, she. This is the one. Uh, uh, you got a trunk because I'm putting my bike in. Yeah, I'm putting Hey-o. my bike. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Oh man, I got that's another movie that I want to go back and watch. I've been wanting to go back and rewatch the 40-year-old version for a while now. So mm-hmm. um February 11th, Jennifer Aniston. Another yeah. We're the Millers alumni. Jennifer yeah. Aniston had this run of like she did Friends and then all of a sudden she was the it girl for all the romantic comedies. Yep. And then like it's like she disappeared and came back as like the funniest female yes and she needed to man because i literally every movie she was in before uh we're the millers right she played the exact same person every movie oh i had this awesome life oh i'm distraught because this one little weird petty thing happened and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna ruin our entire relationship over it and oh no i'm so sad that i did that but (laughs) i'm a bigger person for it i think you always we are gonna be better now we always think of uh, what was that movie she did where she's the like, breakup. I-, I want you to do the dishes, but I want you to want to do the that's, dishes. Yeah, it's totally the breakup, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. But no, after We're the Millers, and she was like funny, but also like freaking sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she does that dance with the sprinklers going off on her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, um, I, I love a movie that she was in with Mark Wahlberg. It's actually the movie that made me want to be a singer, uh, Rockstar. Oh, yeah. I forgot she was in Rockstar. Uh huh. Yeah. You love that movie way more than I like that movie. That's right. Steel Dragon. Stand uh, up and shout. I think it's an okay movie. I don't love it. I love that movie. Um, but her role in Horrible Bosses 1 and 2. Uh, yes. So good. Hilarious. And it was refreshing. So I was, I, cause I, for the longest time, I would essentially refuse to watch a Jennifer Aniston movie unless I was forced to. And, uh, but then the, especially with the breakup, I was like, okay, seriously, enough of this. And then we are the Millers came out and I was like, all right. right, Good good comeback. Good comeback. There's a reason that she's the holdup for the friends reunion. Right, like, because she knows that she came probably the farthest out of all of them. Yeah, she really did. I mean, she's uh, the only one I would say maybe who's lasted a little bit uh, about as long as Courtney Cox. But even so, she. Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe Courtney Cox has a slightly better uh, resume, but I feel like Jennifer Aniston has more notoriety. If yeah, that, I think you're right. But Courtney Cox did have uh, Courtney Cox was in Masters of the Universe, <laughs> the He Man movie. Yeah, so maybe she has a little more clout. <laughs> exactly. That that's exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, put it that way. Taylor Lautner up next. Oh uh, man. Either we're Team Edward or Team uh, Jacob. <sighs> yep, I was Jacob. You were Team Jacob. I was Team Edward. Uh, no, no, man. He, he's interesting. He's an interesting actor. He did the Twilight movies, and then everyone, he was in demand for a while. And then uh, he just stopped, and he said, this is a lot of work to be the, like, buff dude. Yes. Uh, and he's like, and I don't really like the work I have to put into it. Yeah. And, and, then, he, and then he gained weight. Yep. And not, uh, yeah. not a terrible thing. He just kind of was like, I'm going to go do some TV series. Uh, and I'm I'm not gonna worry about being the buff dude. And uh, he did some uh, BBC f- seasons of a show for like one or two seasons, I think, and then dropped out, and someone else took over for him. But um, yeah, he kind of disappeared from Hollywood. I was really disappointed when Robert Rodriguez brought out this new Netflix No More Heroes, which was the Shark Girl and Lava Boy sequel. Mm. That he wasn't the Lava Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I can totally see that. Wasn't in shape anymore, so I guess that's fair. Yeah, missed opportunity, I guess. There. Yeah, well, it would have been fun if he wasn't a superhero anymore. Maybe but like he was in uh, Grown Ups Part Two as well. He's that's one of right. the yeah, that's right. The college douchey guys. But yeah, he just he just decided it was done. Yeah, was well, done. okay, good for good on him. You know, just putting his uh, putting his foot down and. You know, stay in his own course. Sure. Um, after Taylor Lautner, we have uh, another mustachioed man, Burt Reynolds. Dude, dude. Yes, this man is the reason I own a Camaro today. You know that? Because, and it's funny, you know, people would might say like Smokey and the Bandit or whatever. But for me, it's actually Cop and a Half. Cop and a Half. <laughs> that blue Camaro, 1969 Camaro. It might be a 68. But, uh... Oh my gosh! I loved him running around, uh, just solving crimes with that uh, young boy. 
And uh, he's the one that gave us what comes after L, Bo. And I, I love that. That was so funny. I used to watch the movie all the time as a kid. Uh, but, you know, you have other movies like uh, The Longest Yard. Boogie and, Nights. Exactly. Boogie Nights. He was Jack Horner. I, I mean, this, I mean, you know, I'm talking about probably some of his smaller roles, not Boogie Nights, but, uh, but he was iconic. No, he's, he was, he was a, a man's man, and I have to say, rest in peace as well as happy birthday. Yeah, rest in peace for sure. I actually forgot uh, that he died, and so it was kind of sad when I looked it up and was like, oh my God, that's right. Yeah, that one hit me uh, a, little, a little hard because, you know, uh, yeah, although recently, uh, you know, the, the image of a man has, has been changing and whatnot, but he was like a man's man. A he was the man's man, for man, sure. Right? Yeah. And, and uh, so when that uh, when uh, when Mike took him down, man, I, I was actually kind of uh, cut deep, man. Yeah, it was sad. Yeah, it was sad. Well, uh, up after Burt Reynolds, who wants to be up after that? Uh, right. Brandy, the singer. Yes. I like Brandy. I, the Boy Is Mine will always be a song that I like. Yeah, and she was in uh, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh my gosh, and, uh, that's right. Osmosis Jones, Moesha. That's why we remember Moesha. her. Yep. And uh, she had her own Cinderella movie. Yeah, that's uh, actually, I think February 12th is, it's going to be, or 14th, it's going to finally be on Disney Plus, and a lot of people are really excited about it. Very cool. Um, after Brandy, February 12th, we have Thanos himself, Josh Brolin. And the Goonies' older brother himself. And as well. <laughs> Cable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he really nailed it as Cable. Oh, I did. loved his Cable. He did. did you? Oh, yeah, God, yeah, I yeah. loved his Cable. I thought yeah. Cable was fantastic. I hope that Cable comes back in Deadpool 3. Uh, same. Same. I, I, it'd, be, it'd be disappointing to not have Cable in, uh, in the – what's really going to be funny is that Cable – Deadpool 3 is now taking place in the MCU – which technically means that Deadpool 1 and 2 take place in the MCU, which technically means that Josh Brolin is Thanos and Cable in the MCU. Yes! That is so cool. And, and he does make joking references well, uh, throughout Deadpool, the movie. Deadpool, Deadpool calls 2. him Grimace. Uh, and Thanos. Because he, cause he's constantly referring to their real-world movies as yeah. well. And so... Uh, uh, that's so funny and uh the other one was uh old boy that that was a very cool movie uh remake right and i just i really enjoyed that one it's just kind of a you know a mind job type of movie and i liked it uh josh oh, Brolin's really messed up ending josh Brolin's a fantastic actor i mean he, he gets lost in his roles and it's fantastic mm-hmm all right, so after Josh Brolin, we have Michael McDonald, who uh, sings Yamo Be There, and we'll know him from 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, Paul Rudd goes, if I have to hear Yamo Be There one more time, I'm going to Yamo burn this place to the ground. But he was also... Get back to work. <laughs> Michael McDonald was also the singer of uh, for the Doobie Brothers for like, as long as the Doobie Brothers were around. I think he was also in Steely Dan for a year. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I had to put him in here because my dad loves Michael McDonald and I grew up hearing Michael McDonald. So uh, actually a really good singer songwriter. Yeah. Uh, after Michael McDonald, we have <laughs> Arsenio Hall. Yes. Oh uh, my gosh. Who we'll see very soon in coming to America. America. Yes. I'm so excited. I loved the first one. And I used to watch 
like a little bit of the Arsenio Hall show yeah, I watched a, a long yeah. time ago, but it was 94. I was really young. So it would like just be on, but, uh, Oh my gosh, I love Arsenio Hall and uh, the multiple roles that he would play in coming to America. The first one. Yeah. So I can't wait to watch him reprise these. And it must be uh, nice that, you know, a little belated birthday gift, his movies coming out. He's kind of back on top right now with, uh, with this release. I hope so. And, and the, the newest trailer that came out the other day has made the movie just look even 10 times better than I thought it would be. Yeah. So I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Bring back some sexual chocolate. <laughs> sexual chocolate. Uh, after Arsenio Hall, we have Darren Aronofsky, who uh, is a fantastic director. Um, yes. I don't, you know, <laughs> he's for me, he's up there with like those, uh, those Christopher Nolan type uh, directors. Mm-hmm. But like he did Pie. Yep, and then he Requiem. did Requiem for a Dream, which had Jared Leto in it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And what a what a what a movie to throw in! You've got Jared Leto, but then you throw in Marlon Wayans, who's only yes. known for comedic uh, acting, and then just yes. just kills it. Yep. Uh, and then, man, I love the Fountain. The Fountain was so good with yeah. uh, with with uh, uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And uh, Jennifer Lopez, right? Was Jennifer Lopez in that? No, 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 no. no, no I'm no. sorry. I was uh, just thinking about the cell. My bad. That's that's a, that's, that's the swell. The, yeah, the, cool. cell. the cell. Uh, the fountain. The swell. The swell. Uh, <laughs> the fountain was Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, my they bad. like go. They just kind of had like a similar aesthetic in my head, and they just different time period. That. Yeah, kind yeah, of. Totally, yeah, kind of that same. Um, but then he he also did Black Swan. He yeah. did the the wrestler. Um, we're going to not bring up Noah. <laughs> uh, he's got a new movie coming out called The Whale, which I'm super excited for. Uh, it's uh, Brendan Fraser's comeback movie where he's going to play a really fat dude. Nice. Yeah, it looks really good. Or it seems like it's going to be really good. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm excited. Um, but Darren Aronofsky, fantastic director. Christina Ricci. Up next. Yes. I really want her to come back for that um, for that uh, uh, Adam's Family TV series. Same. I hope, Same. Uh, I hope they cast her. But other than that, Christina Ricci is just a fantastic actress who uh, uh, we don't see do enough. And I loved – she did like Casper. She's fantastic in Casper. Yep. Adam's Family. Um, but Black Snake Moan. Yes. She's so good in Black Snake Moan. Yeah, and well, and also, and although she had somewhat of a small role, I mean, a supporting role rather, I really loved her as Trixie in Speed Racer. I oh yeah, and yeah, I love Speed Racer. Yeah, Wachowski brothers, right? They nailed that movie. It's now the Wachowski uh, sisters. Sisters, yes. Sorry, sorry. Thank you. And we both caught that. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, Christina Ricci. Just she's another actress that I like that doesn't do enough. Uh, and then, oh, and, and, oh and, uh, Sleepy Hollow. Katrina uh, yeah, Van Tessel. Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of movies that you can mention of Christina Ricci. Right. She did that. Well, those are my favorites. Yeah. That one movie where she was like dead on the operating table. Yeah. Uh, Awake, I think it was called. Mm, I don't know. I, I remember it, but I don't remember the name. Yeah. It's- February 13th, Mina Savari. Uh, I bring up Mina Savari because we love the American Pie movies. Uh, yeah, well, and also American Beauty, which American is amazing. Beauty. An amazing movie. Listen, man, we don't mention American Beauty because of Kevin Spacey. Oh, 
Dang it. Yeah, I'm, just, right. I'm joking. <laughs> and I have to learn that rule now for Marilyn Manson as well. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, and after Mina Savari, we have George Seagal, who uh, I will be very sad when he passes. Uh, dude is hysterical. We're just counting down, I guess, now. <laughs> uh, no, it's just like these older actors. You just think about, oh, my God. It's uh, yeah, we're, we're uh, here at Pop Culture. We like to predict the end of our movies and the actors' deaths. So, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't uh, Sign up like on popcultureelevator.com for our death pool. <laughs> Deadpool. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Anyway. I'm just joking around because of Deadpool. It's no big uh, George Seagal, you probably like him because of 2012. Well, uh, he has a small role in that, but yeah, he's yeah, he tells his friend, like, after 25 years on the wagon, are you out of your mind? I, I love the way he talks to people uh, when he's just, <laughs> you know, disappointed or yeah. whatnot. He's hilarious. He's on the Goldbergs. He's a big part of the mm-hmm. Goldbergs TV series, and he's really funny in that. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of the other stuff that I've seen him in, and I'm like, he's really good in this. Two Men and a Baby. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, God, he was He's just been in so much Right, oh, the cable guy He's uh, he's the Stephen's father oh, So yeah, Matthew Broderick's right. father in that's that right. movie That's <laughs> another one I want to go back and watch <laughs> Oh yeah, that's so great Oh man, that's another one I want to watch Yes. <laughs> <laughs> piece of fucking Yeah, I can't say that to my mother Anyway, happy birthday, celebrities Happy birthday. Without you, we cannot do what we do. So thank you. All right. So now on to some news. Uh, I guess the huge news right now is that Evan Rachel Wood finally, uh, Woods finally um, told us who her abuser was. And not like we yes. didn't think it was him, but Marilyn Manson. Um, I'm a little, uh, I'm okay. It's so hard to say this. I, I, I saw the Dallas Observer did an a article on it. I didn't read it, but I just saw the, the headline. It was like, we all knew what Manson was. Yeah. Why did we not care before? Exactly. Um, and that, oh, God, that's such a hard-hitting thing to, to admit. On all, uh, yeah, a whole bunch of facets of this where – uh, you know, I'm so conflicted. Obviously, I feel for Evan Rachel Wood, uh, but the uh, you know we we grew up jamming to this music, and I think that we just really we really were into his music. We really liked the product. So, well, and you know, just, da- damn the news type of thing. You know what I mean? He just released a fantastic album last oh, year, like his God. one of his best albums in a long time, and it's just kind of yeah. And it, I, I, I am able, I have always been able to, uh, to separate art yeah. from artist. That's yeah. just who I am. And I know that could suck sometimes. Like people are like, can you really play Michael Jackson still? Well, Ugh. one, I Come on. don't know if I believe that Michael Jackson was actually a molester. I have my own thoughts on that, but that's all, that's for another time. Regardless if he was or wasn't, he had could, a very messed up childhood, which yes. is some... Very messed up lifestyle choices. But it doesn't make me want to not listen to his music. Whereas I know Kevin Spacey's a big jerk, but I'm still going to want to watch Baby Driver. And it makes Seven that much more real. And like, you can can see why he was so good at that role. I say jerk creeper. He's a real creepy guy. Uh Uh, Yeah. Yeah. 
not just a jerk. He's a creeper. Um, but but I think that's another reason why you need to separate artists from art is because you get an insight into the mind of someone like sure. that, whoever you may be listening to or watching perform. But um, I don't excuse Marilyn Manson in any way. Uh, being being, I don't I don't know all of the ins and outs. I don't know if he actually hit her, but I do know that he made some. He's a manipulator. Uh, wasn't a very good person. It, that just sucks. Um, I never thought Manson would be this great guy. It was never in my head right. that Manson would be this great guy. Um, and there's been like whispers here and there. It's kind of like the sad thing is it's kind of like the Harvey Weinstein thing. Everyone knew about it, but no one did anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Manson, uh, you know, okay. Anyway, Manson, well, I think we were just, we were just ignorant and yeah. uh, at the time. And we, we thought that with great, power comes great privilege i guess and uh it's completely false maybe and and that's just me um spitballing here uh to just kind of get the conversation rolling on on issues like this but um you know it's a it's a completely uh negative mindset to have and uh you know i'm I'm just glad that as a society that we're moving past that yeah and so his record label dropped him uh so now he's he's doesn't have a record label, and I'm sure he's not going to bring out a record for a long while, if ever again. Um, uh, it would have to be probably self-produced or something. Yeah. Manson is denying all of it, of course. <sighs> uh, he does say that did not happen. And so uh, we'll see how this plays out. I, I kind of tend to believe Evan Rachel Woods in this one. Um, you got uh, the previous person you dated, uh, uh, Dita, Dita Von... Oh, God, I can't think of her name. She also Deets. said, "Deet, huh?" Deets. Is that her name? I, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I'm anyway, it's been it. so long since I've th- thought about her that I can't think of her name right now. Vaughn something. Um, she had said some stuff too. So it not a, it's a lot of people coming out and saying stuff now. And it, you know, once it's kind of one of those things where it's like once it rains, it pours. Yeah. It, well, and the other thing that that I was thinking about was the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp situation. Sure. We've gone back and forth with, oh, is this a false allegation and whatnot? And uh, and uh, I just want to highlight how dangerous, if those claims are false, how dangerous it is to someone uh, provided that you know, obviously Evan Rachel uh, Woods. Uh, claims are true, then, um, you know, it it puts, it makes you question every uh, allegation after that, like, oh, well, we need to make sure that that story is true first. Uh, So, uh, you know, I really hope that, uh, that this is all resolved, and that the truth comes out. Yeah, I I really think that Manson probably did the stuff that's being said. Uh, She kept it in for so long that it'd be so silly of it not to be true. Yeah, Uh, the the Amber Heard Johnny Depp stuff, there might be some truth in there. It might be, but I think Amber Heard probably did a lot of stuff and Johnny Depp probably retaliated. Um, Mm -hmm. Is probably more like what the truth looks like. Like they both just damned each other. Right. Um, Anyway. Uh, regardless of that sometimes it, all two people do is bring each other pain but <laughs> quote sorry all right uh danny devito and steven spielberg actually almost directed the movie we watched this week the little oh man uh that would have uh, been interesting uh, yeah i think it would have brought a little bit more grit so john lee hancock has been sitting on this script for a while mm. uh and and so uh it, it went through a lot of people's hands um, which I think this was the perfect time to have made it. 
honestly. Um, I think it was the last last minute. Last time you really could make it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're at that point where we're probably not going to do a lot of movies like that. Uh, Cloverfield 2 is happening. Like an actual sequel to Cloverfield. (laughs) It won't be found footage, thank God. Nice. Thank Um, God. There was a time where, where... that found footage genre was fun and we're NYPD blue type of movie. It's all shaky and I'm, I'm over it, man. Yeah. I'm not, I've always been over it. It just, it it gives you a headache. Blair, Witch did it best. Let's give her that. Let's give it that. Blair, Witch did it best. And then everyone else tried to copy Blair, Witch, and it just never. So basically we're getting the Blair, Witch situation, you know, like Blair, Witch two was all a real movie. Yep. Uh, Cloverfield two is happening. So, uh, it's exciting. Um, I hope that they bring in some characters from 10 Cloverfield Lane and Cloverfield Paradox. Yes, yes, I love Paradox. Too. It'd be really cool. Paradox to, amazing. To have them uh, meet up. I thought Paradox was fun. I don't, yeah. I personally don't find it amazing. I think there were a lot of problems with it, but I think it did the, its job well. And I think it was fun. And I really liked the, the ending and the whole like uh, other dimension yes. stuff that happened i thought that was really i'm, I'm going to talk to you about that later we don't have to do a podcast on it but we need to talk about that one. i'm going to rewatch it and we'll, we'll talk about it i do want to rewatch it i have to rewatch it but uh and then but 10, ten cloverfield lane idea. i think is the best one cool I think i'm trying to remember lane. which one was that one it's the one where they're locked in the uh cellar with john goodman oh totally yeah, yeah that was so amazing that was amazing oh and, sorry and, so obviously that movie is better than paradox it's better than both of them it's better than I both films love, i love paradox though i really the, do but Ted I, Glorfield lane gave us like mary elizabeth winstead was known as ramona flowers and then yeah. now it's like holy crap no she she can kick butt like but john goodman dude john goodman was so, oh, powerhouse so good but to have them have her get out of the house and then it's an alien attack. Yeah. Oh, love yes. Love <laughs> um, so I'm excited to see another Cloverfield too. I think I watched it when uh, Kimmy Schmidt, when I was watching Kimmy Schmidt. And so I, you know, you're, you're like, Oh my God, just got to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> the mole women. Yeah. All right. We'll move on. GameStop, man. GameStop stock movie is happening. Oh my word! Have you been keeping up with this? Uh, yeah, I I know a little bit. I'm not a big. My brain doesn't really work in the whole Wall Street stuff, and so I've been keeping up with as best as I could. Um, they're trying to take down the man. Yeah, and and I I kind of agree with them because they're talking about all this stock market manipulation by the retail people, which are the people who use Robinhood. But it's uh, what do you think about people who are short sellers who are literally betting against our economy? Right. And, no, uh, awful and it's 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 terrible. And so the fact that those people lost money, I say, you know, good because I don't think that anybody should be betting against our own economy. And uh, and it, w- they could have put that money into the business as an investor, and maybe GameStop might have uh, been able to develop a, a different model or whatever, and uh, they could have been more helpful. Is all I'm saying. But what happens is the short sellers. They buy it at one price, hope to be able to buy it back at a lower price because they right. sold somebody at a higher price, but they regain, they get to gain the difference. But the problem is, is when the price just skyrockets like it did, those stocks that they borrowed initially to sell, they have to return them. But now they're having to return them at a higher value. So they're losing money and, uh, and at an astronomical increase in this case. So they lost like 
13 billion, I think before they declared bankruptcy. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I don't, I still think that the, that it's justified that people can come together and decide to invest in something uh, in a positive manner. And, but the problem is, is that, uh, oh, and the other thing is, you know, when Tesla, they were kept saying, oh, Tesla is overvalued right now, overvalued, a correction is coming, a correction is coming. Uh, and, it, and it was in part uh, not because of the same mechanism like a short squeeze in the uh, GameStop case. It was just that everybody who can now buy stock with less money loves Tesla and they uh, that he's a good steward of our earthly community and our future. And so people are buying his stock. And so everyone's saying, oh, correction's coming, correction's coming. And, uh, but when this uh, GameStop thing happens, nobody says, oh, a correction's coming, a correction's coming, which it did. In a few days, it stabilized and went right back to normal. And uh, at least, sorry, every other stock that kind of had a perturbation, a little change, um, it all stabilized within a few days, except for maybe GameStop, which is still has, a massive increase to what it from what it was. It was like at uh, seven dollars, and it shot up to like thirty. And that, but and then that's when I bailed because I was just I wasn't following any of this Reddit stuff. I just was like, oh well, the holidays are over. I'm selling. And uh, but then it shot up to like I forgot how many hundreds. Of, no, four hundred. Four hundred. Four hundred and something. Then dropped back down to two, and now it's around ninety five. But uh, still, the correction came. But nobody this. said that. But all, all they're doing is implementing all these changes so that it's harder and harder for uh, lesser per- economically privileged people to close the gap. What is it? It's uh, people are manipulating the stock market. It's the wrong people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you're rich, it's okay. If not, you're, I'm sorry, you're, you don't get to play by our rules. I do love the story of the 13-year-old kid who put like 50 bucks in the stock market on GameStop and then was able to sell at 3200 Well, he was actually uh, gifted those yeah. uh, stocks, I believe. But that's awesome. $3,200, take it. Heck yeah. I just, I just made 800 bucks off of 50 bucks on Nintendo when I was in middle school. That is so cool. Took my $800 and ran. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, on top of that, I just want to bring this up. We didn't really write it down, but I do want to bring up insane that Jeff Bezos is stepping down uh, as CEO of Amazon. Well, he's taking an executive chair position. Yeah, it's still not CEO. Yeah, but I, I, st- I mean, what do you want him to do, man? He's got all the money well, in the world literally does it make you think that does it make it th- well he's the second richest man in the world right now and after yeah. elon musk right um it makes you wonder if he's stepping down because we're about to hear some scandal or something like that you know well i feel like um maybe with all this big tech and everything all the kind of regulations everything's facing they may figure out how to tax um internet billionaires perhaps you know awesome. and so he's getting out before the taxes come before awesome. he's got to pay taxes so uh we'll see i don't know if that's that's kind of my speculation but uh if he doesn't do uh some sort of humanitarian effort like massive humanitarian effort like trying to help pay stimulus checks or something like that then i'm sorry like you gotta well, you pay taxes. all these billionaires you need have to, so much money yeah do something with it help helps help the world for god's sake with great bank accounts comes great responsibility i'm let's sorry go, let's go back to nerdy stuff <laughs> okay marvel will not tell tom holland if andrew garfield or 
or or um, Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man Three. They won't. Tell uh, him. Rightfully so, because if he they say Andrew Garfield's coming he's a big back, mouth, he's man. Be like, bye. Tom Holland's no. Tom out. Holland's a big <laughs> mouth. <laughs> just kidding. Just he kidding. just can't keep yeah. secrets. Yeah, no, he's, he's poor just thing. Can't keep secrets. <laughs> It's like they don't tell Mark Ruffalo anything. John Cheadle was like, I never want to be on a press junket with Mark Ruffalo ever again. <laughs> Just says stuff you shouldn't say. Uh, Zack Snyder has confirmed the Justice League is finished. Yeah. It's ready to watch. It's ready to go. We're going to see it March 13th. And it's rated R. Yes. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Someone, uh, Dustin said to me the other day, he's like, now that I'm like kind of like a stepfather, you know, he's going to be a stepfather over Richard. But um, they're, they're, you know, he's, I guess, basically a stepfather position now. Um, is like, now that I have a kid that I'm watching over, he's like, kind of pisses me off when superhero stuff is rated R. It's, <laughs> it, it, it bugs him. So it's like, I well, get it. I get luckily, it. there's a plethora of stuff that was not rated R before now that he can show his kid. All the Marvel movies. Later. Yeah. All the Marvel well, movies. And, and just the cartoons. There's tons yeah. of cartoons. Right. But I'm excited. I'm excited for a rated R uh, Justice League. Um, and also on top of that, he's uh, remastered uh, Batman versus Superman with all the IMAX aspect ratios back Whoa. in. Uh, and it's supposed to release before Justice League. So I'm excited if I could pick up that 4K mm-hmm. in March. Um, but also there's rumor that he might have actually put extra footage into it as well. So yes. not only is it the ultimate cut, but we actually get some extra footage of Superman's death stuff. And that's what I'm hoping for is extra footage. Edgar uh, Wright has finished the script for Baby Driver 2. Wow. I love Baby Driver, so I'm excited to see a sequel. Yeah. This is pretty much the only movie I cared with that kid in it. <laughs> I don't remember. Is it Angus something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in the Fault in Our Stars. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, depressing. Depressing. Good movie, depressing. Yeah. Skull Island, Tomb Raider, and Sonic Prime are Netflix new animated projects coming out in the near future. Whoa. So Skull Island is supposed to take place between the movie Skull Island and Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> Tomb Raider is going to take place right after the third game the new one, the new trilogy Mm -hmm. and Sonic prime. We don't know anything other than it's a new Sonic series. I'm excited for all three of those. Yeah, exactly. As long as it's not Sonic boom, I'm good. (laughs) It's a weird one where knuckles is like a bodybuilding weirdo. Oh, okay. That's where that came from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then last and and sadly, sadly, uh, Dustin diamond who played Screech in Saved by the Bell, uh, passed away from lung cancer at age 44. Extremely quickly, too. Just like uh, diagnosis three weeks later, gone. Yeah, he, he didn't know. He, he went in for pains and came out with cancer. Um, it goes to show that we really need to keep checking ourselves and make sure that, uh, you know, if there's something wrong, we want to try to get stuff fast. Uh, That's right. Get your yearly physical, people. I'm, what I hope is that uh, because he had such a hard time after Saved by the Bell. He was picked on a lot. He didn't like the way he was treated on Saved by the Bell. And then he mm-hmm. kinda, it just kind of changed him into not a nice guy. I'm hoping that he finds peace uh, yes. after this, that there's peace for him because uh, he did leave kind of a hard life. All right. Let's, uh, I guess after that sad spot, let's hear a word from our sponsor. 
Hey, Danny, today's sponsor is Sid Serial Scapegoats. Sid Serial Scapegoats. Yeah, they take the fall for your felonies. Yes, they do. Did you do something downright awful? Need to get away with it? Call them. Lay low and get away scot-free. Dang. Well, I hope none of our listeners needs to use their services. Well, they ain't going to give anything away, which is also their motto. Yay! All right, passengers, we're to the elevator pitch. This is where we just go through and, and hope that we say something uh, smart, not stupid. Anyway, you know how this works. Mark's going to be in this uh, proverbial elevator with our uh, news, produ- news producer, I'm sorry, our executive uh, movie producer, and he's going to give a 30-second elevator pitch to him about these three random words. Why don't we give that another try? <laughs> Why? You kind of stumbled a few times. Uh, Just be, yeah. I was okay with it. All right, passengers, we're the elevator pitch where Mark is going to get into. <laughs> Start over. So we're the elevator pitch. We're at the elevator said. pitch is what I said. You just said we're. Oh, that's all I heard. Sorry. Welcome back, passengers, to the elevator pitch. This is where Mark will get uh, three random words and be stuck in an elevator with a movie producer. And, uh, well, he'll give a pitch and hopefully we'll make tons of money. Mark, are you ready for your three words? That sounds good to me, man. Let's roll, let, the, let the money roll in. Let the money roll. <laughs> Little tight tight. Are you ready? I'm ready. Bush. Saucer. User experience. Now, is that Bush with a CH there? Like uh, a beer? SH. Okay, I'm just kidding. Like the band? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the foliage. Uh, <laughs> is this your special Bush? <laughs> actually, let's go with that. I like that. All right, so. Our, one of our favorite bands, Bush, is back in town, back in the DFW area. And this time, he's playing the new venue, the uh, Flying Saucer in Fort Worth. Like, he's playing at the Flying Saucer, like, yeah. where we go get yeah. our beers? Yeah, they have a stage there on okay. the outside patio. And it's totally possible because of all these outdoor requirements and stuff. Okay. So... The, the whole point of this is obviously what you were thinking, like, what? The Flying Saucer? So, well, that bar is, you know, iconic, right? But they've had less foot traffic, so they're looking to upgrade their user experience. They know they can't get a whole bunch of people in the door, so they've got to use technology to bring listeners and viewers to their place. And on top of that, everybody likes the merch at Flying Saucer, don't they? they everybody wants a plate. Maybe they want a shirt. Maybe they want a mug. You know, you don't know. But you want something from there because it's amazing. Even the old location. I loved it so much. I couldn't wait to go to Flying Saucer when everybody was... Anyway, talking about my own life. This is a movie. So, this is a triumphant movie of a bar making it through all these pandemic restrictions with the help of an awesome band, Bush. That's cool. It's kind of like Wayne's World 2, where the band just shows up. Hey, yeah. And uh, like at the end of that movie idea, I got no place else to go. <laughs> you know, uh, I miss the old Flying Saucer location. I don't know why they had yeah. to move. I guess they wanted the outside 
venue part of it. Yeah, they got more floor space, and on top of that, it was all like one level. The only I thing like was the upstairs. The, yeah, it was was secluded. You could get away from the the humbug. And I, I uh, like downstairs. the I like the outside uh, area that had, had the, the covering. All their and at that location, all their lines were not on site. They had nitro pumped lines from another location, uh, so where their beer was actually stored, and the beer was really good. The and, other location was actually just in their basement. Okay, cool. So, yeah. but yeah, so but they had had to have like specialized lines, which not everybody uses. Right. Uh, and so, uh, and it, it was a, it was a taste factor that I I think that you know it's a little nuance that I think uh, people who ventured to the old location miss i don't i don't think they don't do it at the new location i, I don't know the new location i hope is, so the new location's nice don't get me wrong it just yeah. doesn't it doesn't have that charm that the old location had like yes. all the plates on the walls and uh ceiling and stuff well they have a whole bunch of plates on the wall but now they're like 20 feet high yeah it's not you can't like, read them as easily right exactly. and it's not exactly accessible as part of the user experience as the, we're just okay. talking about so <laughs> the new the old location felt more pub the yes, new exactly. Feels more like a up, updated bar. Yeah, they got Starbucks. Right. I, I like. I, I mean, I, I have to go back at some point. I'm sure I will. But it's been forever since I've been to the Flying Saucer. Hey, Flying Saucer, you want to sponsor us and get us some free beers? Please, please. Oh I, my uh, gosh, I would love to get some free mugs for beers, shirts, and to, spread them to the DFW area. I used to love the uh, Wednesday nights, get the glass free night for the Yeah, exactly. Beer. Yeah, I used yeah. to love that too. Yeah, now I can't really go out on a Wednesday night anyway to go get a beer. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to want to because I have work in the morning. Yeah. But uh, I, I do miss going. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Elevator. We love you, passengers. And remember, if you want to contact us, you can reach us at popcultureelevator at gmail.com, Instagram at popcultureelevator, Twitter at PCE Podcast, and our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash popcultureelevator. Thank you again for listening. We will see you next Wednesday.